Thank you for downloading Crises and Kings with Rabbi Michael Hatton, an exploration of the Book of Samuel. This series is a production of Purdue North America in partnership with the Corn Podcast Network and is lovingly sponsored by the Newstein family in memory of Rabbi Dr. Joseph Newstein for his fourth yard site. Be sure to subscribe wherever you are listening. And now, Michael Hatton. Welcome, everyone. This is Michael Hatton from Pardis in Jerusalem, and welcome to our podcast series on Sefer Shemuel, the Book of Samuel. The Book of Samuel describes the emergence of kingship in ancient Israel. It tells the story of three very, very strong characters, Shemuel, Shaul, and David. The interactions between these three will drive the plot of the book. The book of Samuel is part of a much larger frame, composed of four biblical books, Yehoshua, Shoftim, Shemuel, and Melachim, Joshua, Judges, Samuel, and Kings. The sacred history, as it were, of the people of Israel. These four books may be described as telling the story of the rise and fall of the first Jewish commonwealth. The book of Joshua describes the entry into the land and the beginning of the process of settling it. The book of Judges introduces us to many trials that the tribes of Israel face, disunited and very much subject to outside and external threats, and of course an internal threat as well, which is the attraction of idolatry. In the book of Samuel, the tribal confederacy will give way to the national identity fostered by kings. And it's in our book that we will first make that transition. And finally, the book of Kings will continue that story as the Davidic line rules over the people of Israel. Eventually, the kingdom will be divided, the temple will be destroyed, and the Jewish people will be exiled to Babylon. That will be the end of Sefer Melachim, the book of Kings. In total, these four books, Yehoshua, Shoftim, Shimuel, and Melachim, cover a period of almost a thousand years. And in terms of the timeline associated with each one of these books, they are not the same. The events in the book of Joshua cover a few decades. The book of Judges, almost four centuries. The book of Samuel, a few decades. The book of Kings, almost four centuries. Sometimes a biblical book will therefore focus on depth. The characters described in it will be described at length. That's true of Yehoshua and Shemuel. Sometimes a biblical book will focus on breadth. It will be formulaic. 
the events might only be described in outline to give us a sense of the age. That would be true of the Book of Judges and the Book of Kings. But these four books are not a secular history because the presence of God is very much part of the story and how the human beings in the story interact with that presence will be a fundamental feature of it. In the book of Samuel, of course, we will eventually be introduced to David, king of Israel, who is actually perhaps the most storied individual in the Hebrew Bible. No other name occurs with the same frequency in the Hebrew Bible than David, except God himself. And so we will follow his story closely as we ascertain what makes him unique and uniquely suited to be the king over the people of Israel. Returning to the book of Samuel to Sefer Shemuel, the events of the book take place against the backdrop of the rise of the Philistines. As we make the transition from the late Bronze Age to the early Iron Age, that puts the book of Samuel somewhere in the 11th and 10th centuries BCE before the Common Era. During the course of our studies, we will meet many varied characters. Some of them will play a cameo role, and some of them will be more important to the story. As we follow Sefer Shemuel, we will see the period of the judges come to an end, Samuel representing the final judge really in the series and the beginning of the kings with the rise of Shaul and then David. In order to appreciate the challenges that exist as Sefer Shemuel begins, we must go back to the end of Sefer Shoftim to the book of Judges. The book of Judges, as I said, covers a lengthy period of Israelite history, almost four centuries. The leaders in the book of Judges, the judges, are without exception regional leaders. They do not exercise rule over the people of Israel, but only over their tribe and perhaps other tribes that are allied. In other words, the leaders in Sefer Shoftim are tribal leaders. The people of Israel are arranged into a tribal confederacy. And in the book of Judges, tribalism reigns. In tribalism, my loyalty is to the family and to the clan not to the nation. In tribalism, my perspective is narrow. My concerns 
are sectarian. Tribalism can be a destructive force that disrupts the unity of the people. And in fact, that is more often than not how it is expressed in Sefer Shoftim. As the Book of Judges comes to an end, tribalism reigns supreme. The final events of the book describe the extirpation just about of one of the tribes of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin, at the hands of the other tribes. So one of the great challenges existing at the time that Sefer Shemuel begins is the burning question of how to foster unity, how to bring the people of Israel together as a people, how to nurture their national identity, how to encourage them to discard their tribal perspective. But there are other challenges that Sefer Shoftim describes. The people of Israel entered the land and there was already a majority culture that was in place, the culture of the Canaanites, idolatrous and immoral and overwhelmingly attractive. And so the people of Israel, the tribes of Israel, often struggled with maintaining their loyalty to the one God and his moral demands. So besides the challenge of disunity, there is also the challenge of idolatry and immorality and bloodshed that colors the final events of Sefer Shoftim, social upheaval and a leadership vacuum. In short, by the time Sefer Shoftim comes to an end, it is clear that the system of a tribal confederacy, occasionally overseen by regional leaders that can never inspire for long, it is clear that that system is exhausted and broken, and a new system must take shape. As Sefer Shemuel begins, a new model is desperately needed. A new leader who can begin the process of uniting the people of Israel. Enter Samuel, the last of the judges, and the first to reluctantly introduce the kings. Samuel grows up in the shadow of Shiloh, where God's Mishkan, his shrine, is located. His is a life of devotion to God and to his service at Shiloh. And Samuel is a judge who is devoted to the people of Israel. In many ways, he represents everything that the judges of the Book of Judges never were. A sincere leader, a godly human being, charismatic, but not arrogant, who is able to bring the people closer to God. 
It will be said of Samuel that he judged the people of Israel as long as he lived. And in chapter 7, as his career as judge nears its end, the book reports, Each year he made the rounds of Beit El, Gilgal, and Mitzpah, and he acted as judge over Israel at all of those places. He would return to Ramah, for his home was there, and there too he would judge Israel. He built an altar there to the Lord. In this summary verse, everything associated with Shmuel's success is spelled out. He is the first of the judges to visit. Israelites, wherever they might be, to provide guidance and inspiration, to teach them the ways of God. None of the other judges in the book are ever reported as making a journey to other Israelite communities. Shmuel is the first and the last, and he builds an altar to God. Because essentially and fundamentally, he is devoted to God's service. Shmuel is the last of the judges, and with the end of his career, an era ends as well, and a new era begins. And as we study Sefer Shmuel, we will see that transition unfold as we make our way from judges to kings, from Samuel to Shaul, and from Shaul to David. We will discover along the way that while judges may not be the most effective form of government, monarchy also has its challenges. The Tanakh is ambivalent when it comes to monarchy and whether or not it is an ideal form of government. Like all the other forms, we will discover that it has its contributions as well as its limitations. The goal is to familiarize the listener with the major events of each chapter or unit and the larger perspective provided by the surrounding material. Each of the podcasts will attempt to shed light not only on the details, but also on the larger themes. And most of the podcasts will also highlight a meaningful and relevant takeaway message for the listener. Listeners are encouraged to prepare the primary material from the book of Samuel from one podcast to the next. But I make no assumptions. The podcasts will also be accessible and meaningful to listeners who are not able to prepare ahead of time. We will draw inspiration not only from the words of Tanakh, 
but also from the teachings of Chazal, the ancient rabbis in the Talmud and the Midrash, the medieval commentaries, as well as the moderns. And it is hoped that the study will prove to be inspirational and meaningful for all of us. Next time, we will be considering the opening chapters of Sefer Shemuel of the first book of Samuel. As we meet our protagonists, Elkanah, Chanah, and their beloved child, Shemuel. This material will help familiarize us with some of the issues that will be central to our discussion. We will enter the portals of the house of God at Shiloh. We will meet the priests who minister there. And we will ask ourselves the question, what is the kind of worship that God desires? Thank you again for listening to Crises and Kings with Rabbi Michael Hatton, a production of Parties North America in partnership with the Corn Podcast Network. If you liked what you just heard, please give a five-star review wherever you download your podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Thanks for listening.